Whatever's happening in Lenora is connected to all of this. I'm sure of it. But Vecna can't hurt them. Not if he's dead. We have to go back in there. Back to the upside down. Whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. no. What? Nope. No, no, let's think this through, okay? I'm here to think through. We barely made it out of there in one piece. Yeah, because we weren't prepared. But this time, we will be. We'll get weapons and protection. We'll go through the gate, we'll find his lair, and we'll kill him. Or he'll kill us. The only reason that you survived is because he wanted you to. He's not scared of us. And for good reason. We were wrong about Vecna. Henry, one... Sorry, what are we calling him now? One. Vecna. One. Henry. Right. We've learned something new about Vecna slash Henry slash one. He's a number like 11, only a sick, evil male, child-murdering version of her with really bad skin. But my, my, my point is, he's super powerful. He could turn us inside out with a snap of his fingers. It's not a fair fight. So then why fight fair? You're right. He's like 11. But that gives us an upper hand. We know 11's strengths and... Weaknesses. Weaknesses? When L remote travels, she goes into this sort of trance-like state. About the same is true of Vecna. That would explain what he was doing in that attic. Exactly. When he attacks his next victim, I'll bet you he's back in that attic. Physical body defenseless. Defenseless, yeah. What about the army of bats? Right? True, we'll have to find a way past them, distract them somehow. And uh, how do we do that exactly? No idea. But once they're gone, he doesn't stand a chance. It'll be like slaying sleeping Dracula in his coffin. That all sounds good in theory, but there is no pattern to Beckness killings. I mean, at least not one that I can decipher. We don't know when he's going to attack next. We don't even know who he's going to attack. Yeah, we do. I can still feel him. I'm still marked. Cursed. I ditch Kate Bush. I draw his focus back to me. Max, you can't. He'll kill you. I survived before. I can survive again. I just... I need to keep him busy long enough so that you guys can get into that attic. And then he can chop his head off. Stab him in the heart, blow him up with some explosive Dustin cooks up. I honestly, I really don't care how you put this asshole in his grave. Just... Whatever it is. Whatever you do, try not to miss. Hey everybody, this is Tony with the Stranger Things Podcast, and today we're jumping right into Chapter 8, Papa, Volume 1. So to jump right into the uh, episode, we start off with Nancy, which is under Vecna's curse, and I just love this whole scene. It's so uh, engrossing, it just really pulls you in, and we have these Nightmare on Elm Street elements to the entire uh, scene. It's uh, beautifully shot, as everything on the show uh, usually is. And I just loved just uh, just her turmoil, uh, turmoil and just the way she is. She's really uh, haunted and really any fears that she has, as we've uh, seen before, uh, is just uh, put and used uh, right to the forefront by Vecna. And he is so great at doing this um, in, in some of the worst ways. Now, we also get this uh, scene with 
the Demogorgon experiments. And this is one of the, uh, the uh, favorite, um, one of my favorite scenes from the entire, um, the entire season so far because we get so much from this. And I know a lot of people are like, is this one of your favorite scenes? Is this, yeah, it's, it's, it's up there. And, and, and there are so many reasons why. And one of the reasons why is because we get basically all of the monsters that we've been introduced so far, thus far in the Upside Down, um, in the Stranger Things world, right here. We get the Demogorgon, uh, which are all behind inside these cases like they're aliens. And, and then we have the one that is being experimented on. And, you know, to start this scene off, we get uh, Hopper, uh, Joyce, and uh, and Dimitri, and Murray. They're all walking through, and they just nearly escaped these other uh, Demogorgons. And, of course, they're getting ready to go into another scene where they're getting ready to have, you know, another, at least uh, Hopper, at the very least, is getting ready to go into the, uh, to the scene where... He is, you know, tracked down by one of the Demodogs. And so we get the Shadow Monster, we get the Demogorgons inside the cases. One is on the table. So we're really starting to unravel and see exactly what uh, the Russians are doing. Now, we don't know exactly why they're doing these things, but we have a, you know, a sense of what they're starting to, to do at this very point. Now, there's another scene I loved is uh, Mike and Will's van conversation. And this is just such a heartfelt moment. It's and I'm, you know, constantly loving these moments where we're getting all of this character development and we're getting a lot of action sewn in within, you know, in, in between each and every one of the scenes. And it's just, um, it's just really great to see all of this growth and development while uh, things are happening uh, in other scenes. And it's just um, for these two, you know, who have been friends from the very beginning and we're seeing them having these more grown up conversations because the things are changing as we've seen. And these characters, of course, are getting older and they are just having these really, you know, not, you know, kid conversations anymore. They're having these very um, adult conversations. So I, I think this this was one of the um, um, best scenes um, emotionally um, uh, for a lot of different reasons. Um, some of which I've already stated. Now Mike, uh, now Mike, uh, thinking that Eleven doesn't need him and just wills emotion after that. And there's a little bit of something that is foreshadowed within this particular uh, uh, scene. There's a dragon on the uh, on. The painting, which is one of my next uh, things I want to talk about, is Will's painting it, that's revealed. And we get the whole scene where uh, where he's telling uh, Mike, Will's telling Mike everything that is going on within the picture that he's painted. He starts off with the dragon, uh, and then there's the, uh, the shield with the heart, and there's Mike, and then there's the whole party of, you know, the original four. And, you know, Will's just really wanting to, you know, wanting to have things be the way they used to be, you know. And as an adult, I can say, you know, and a lot of us are probably thinking this same thing if you're of a certain age, you know, you get to a certain point where you have adult life. And sometimes, you know, not to be, you know, not to be childish, right, but sometimes you just want to slip back into those, you know, times where life, you know, seemed to be more carefree when you were a child and, and sometimes you just want to slip back into that and you know I, a lot of people say that's the reason why you know certain uh, genres are so popular with adults because that's just kind of like their little bit of uh, escapism uh, away from the real world because it can be so taxing and just just weigh you down so much and you can really see a lot of this weighing down on uh, will because he knows things are changing but he's not changing the way everyone else is changing and of course he's got this uh, secret now at least that we think so far that's really weighing on him and just Jonathan uh, noticing uh, Will's heartbroken uh, uh, 
you know, that, that he's just so heartbroken and that the expression on his face and he really wants to be there for him. And we know that this uh, comes up from Jonathan a little bit later on when they're in the, uh, when they're in the kitchen getting the uh, salt from the uh, pizzeria. But, uh, you know, that whole scene is just really wonderful to, uh, to, uh, to have seen played out the way it did. I'm going to take a brief break and I'll be right back. There's nothing to be afraid of, is there, Nancy? Why don't you take a seat? Coordinates are right about another 90 miles. Why? Well, once we save her, Al, we should stop on the way back. Al could make us like super rich and we'd never have to work. We could just play DD and Nintendo for the rest of our lives. Yeah, totally. We're gonna make it, Mike. She's gonna be okay. Yeah, I know. I, I know she is. But, but what if I, after all this is over, she, she, she doesn't need me anymore? Of course she'll still need you. She'll always need you, Mike. I keep telling myself that, but I, I don't believe it. I mean, she's special. She was born special. Maybe I was one of the first people to realize that. But the truth is, when I stumbled on her in the woods, she just needed someone. It's not fate. It's, it's not destiny. It's just simple, dumb luck. And, and one day she's going to realize that I'm just some random nerd that, that got lucky that Superman landed on his doorstep. I mean, at least Lois Lane is an ace reporter for the Daily Planet, right? But... Sorry. No? No, it's so stupid, given everything that's going on. It's just, I... I don't know. I, I just... Uh... You're scared of losing her. Can I show you something? 
is amazing. Did you paint this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, Elle asked me to. She commissioned it, basically. I mean, she told me what to draw. Anyway, my point is, see how you're leading us here? You're guiding the whole party, inspiring us. That, that's what you do. And see your coat of arms here? It's, it's a heart. And I know it's sort of on the nose, but, but that's what holds this whole party together. Heart. Because, I mean, without heart, we'd all fall apart. Even Elle, especially Elle. These past few months, she's been so lost without you. It's just she's so different from other people. And when you're, when you're different, sometimes you feel like a mistake. But you make her feel like she's not a mistake at all. Like she's better for being different. And that gives her the courage to fight on. If she was mean to you or, or she seemed like she was pushing you away, it's probably just because she's scared of losing you, just like you're scared of losing her. And, and if she was going to lose you, I, I think she'd rather just get it over with quick, like, like ripping off a band-aid. So yeah, Elle needs you, Mike, and she always will. Yeah? After the attack, you fell into a coma. Like one, you had pushed yourself beyond your limit. And it very nearly destroyed you. But that is where your similarities ended. What you displayed that day was beyond anything I'd ever imagined. A potential I'd only dreamed of. When you awoke, something had been lost. Your memories, along with whatever else you'd found within yourself that day. But I knew then, just as I knew today, that your powers had not been lost. They just needed a spark. But that day, you awakened something else. A doorway to another world. I always thought that Henry was out there, hiding in the darkness. I didn't know for sure, not beyond a feeling. Until now. He's claimed three victims so far, and when I saw the eyes, I knew. I knew that was him. He was sending us a message, letting us know he's back. That's when I came to see you. contact but as far as we know they're they're all safe but i'm not gonna lie to you eleven your friends are in terrible danger with each victim he takes henry is chiseling away at the barrier that exists between our two worlds chiseling imagine if you will the barrier between our worlds is a concrete dam Henry is putting cracks in this dam. Cracks in dams create pressure. Left unchecked, the pressure will build and build, and eventually it will reach a breaking point, and the dam will burst. And when that happens, Hawkins will fall. thought you eased her into it nice and gentle just like we talked about not ominous at all he showed me things that haven't happened yet the most awful things i saw a dark cloud spreading over hawkins 
compound on fire. Dead soldiers. And this... This giant creature with a gaping mouth. And this creature wasn't alone. There were so many monsters. An army. And they were coming into Hawkins. Into our neighborhoods. Our homes. And then... He showed me my mom. Holly. Mike. Finley. just trying to scare you, Nance. Right? I mean, I mean, it's not real. Not yet. But there, there was something else. He showed me gates. Four gates. Spreading across Hawkins. And these gates, they looked like the one outside of Eddie's trailer, but they didn't stop growing. This wasn't the upside-down Hawkins. This was our Hawkins. Our home. Four chimes. Vecna's clock. It always chimes four times. Four exactly. I heard them too. He's been telling us his plan this whole time. Four kills. Four gates. End of the world. If that's true, he's only one kill away. Oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ. Try him again. Try him again. And then next we get the scene where Dr. Brenner is just fully explaining what happened to Eleven before she escaped the lab. And, you know, you know, and then we have number one and everything that's that's going on with Vecna. So she's really uh, uh, he's really explaining everything to Eleven, um, how everything happened with with her from the very beginning. And this is. Uh, a little bit before we meet her in the very first episode of the series. So we get that bit of the backstory on how uh, Dr. Brenner uh, found out and figured everything out because he went back and looked at the uh, videotape of, uh, of the attack that uh, Eleven had on uh, number one. And a lot of that is just filled in. It's just so, so great to see. And of course, she... Um, she gets a real filling in on just him overall and what Dr. Brenner has been thinking and what he uh, has has really been going after and it not necessarily has been her, but it's been uh, to maybe pull the reins on her a bit. But, you know, he's very, very complicated, but also very selfish all in the same uh, breath. And it's like I said, um, you know, life is not always as simple as we think it is. And he's a very complicated uh, character uh, or, you know, as we'll get to the end of this, you know, as he was a very uh, complicated character. But then Nancy, Nancy, she's explaining everything that Vecta, uh, Vecna showed her while under his curse. And she just, the, she, when she comes out of this, she can, you know, we can see that she's gone through some things and she can really explain a lot of the things and just the expressions on everyone's face as she's talking about these things. And like I said, she, she seems as if she's uh, really gone through some things physically and her, vo her voice is hoarsed and she is just so uh, just out of it and just, you know, and she gets really this, uh, this vision of, uh, of her little sister, Holly, Mike, 
and her mom dying and seeing them seeing them dead and this really really affected her and it's really caused a lot of turmoil amongst the uh, the group that we see so I'm, I'm thinking this is uh this is something that is being foreshadowed i don't know whether or not mike is going to pass away or if something else is going to happen but it's foreshadowing something and it is really an, an emotional and well written uh, scene that we have here and i'm just absolutely loving every bit of what they are laying out for us because they are they are laying the uh, breadcrumbs and I've got some theories for season five but uh, I've been working on that uh, in 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 the process um, but we'll talk about that uh, when we get that and when we cross that uh, that bridge but Eleven and you know she's also in the void getting caught up on everything that's going on in Hawkins and this is another area that I that I think that. Uh, Stranger Things, the, the the show writers and everyone, they just do so well because you get so much information in just such short time. You get all of this uh, exposition within a short amount of time without going through everything beat by beat and having a whole narrative and a whole story behind everything that's going on. And and then you know because she gets this, so she so now she doesn't have to go meet them. She doesn't have to go through everything that's been going on. When she gets there, boom, she already knows everything that's going on because she's been using uh, the void to see exactly what's going on. And then, of course, later on, uh, she approaches Dr. Owens and says, well, I thought that they were safe, but they weren't. And uh, she is just really upset at this moment. And Dr. Brenner just pulls her uh, aside. Now, th now, then we get the uh, scene when uh, Robin, Henry, and Vecna, uh, 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 Peter, uh, Peter Ballot, uh, just just that whole little scene, <laughs> you know, where she's trying to figure out exactly what to call him. And this is this is something I thought of too. Cause I was like, wait a minute, this, you know, you know, number one, he has all these different names. You know, we got uh, Vecna. Uh, first, first he was Henry, Henry Creel. Then he was uh, uh, number one. Um, then became uh, Peter Ballot, um, which a lot of people don't even, you know, really equate that because he was the orderly inside the uh, lab. And then ultimately he becomes uh, uh, Vecna, which I thought was one of the uh, best scenes uh, in the uh, in the uh, well, at least in this part of the uh, part of the episode, but I, I just I just thought that that was one of the uh, funnier things to uh, to really uh, to really pinpoint, and you know they are really self aware, and I thought that that was uh, a great scene to um, to include, and even if it was only a brief fleeting moment of uh, of uh, hilarity, and you know and just you know comedic relief just for a very second, and that and that's one of the things that this show just does so well. There's just so much uh going on all at the uh, same time but we have these moments of of action of uh drama of character development uh, uh just everything uh, uh just it's just so well put together and i can't uh uh talk about this uh enough the way they really built all these characters up and have you know started their arcs and you know some of their arcs may be coming to and uh an end i'm gonna take a uh, brief break and i'll be right back it is so this this place is just far enough outside of hawkins as long as we steer clear of the main roads we ought to be able to avoid cops and uh angry hicks if we're trying to avoid angry hicks maybe we shouldn't go to some store called the war zone normally i'd agree but we need the weapons so i think it's worth the risk me too yeah but is it worth the time it'll take all day to bike there and back who said anything about bikes well you got some sort of car we don't know about? yeah it's not exactly a car 
Steve, that's not exactly mine, but, uh, it'll do. Hey, Red, uh, you got a ski mask or a bandana, something like that? Nellis, that's two hours away. And if we hustle, I'll bet we could be in Hawkins 
before nightfall. That would be a great mistake. Waiting would be an even greater mistake. What if one makes his move before we've even had a chance to throw a punch? Then what is the point of all of this? That's a risk we're going to have to take. You know, we pushed her before, and look what happened. She lifted a 10,000-pound tank into the goddamn air. You don't understand what he's capable of. Well, maybe you're right. Or maybe you are overestimating him. Either way, it doesn't matter, because this is not our choice. We agreed this was not going to be a prison. We'll show her what this is, what we can offer, and then it is her choice whether she wants to stay or go. Right, Doc? Well, you may not agree with it, but here she is, standing before us, Making a choice. Are you sure you want to do this? Okay. Pack your things. Say your goodbyes. Yeah, you might have been there. 
but the second you start to lift, I'm calling in Kate Bush. All right? Okay. Deal. Okay, I'm back. So now we get this whole, uh, the uh, the plan for the war zone. I call it the war zone plan. And we get the whole, uh, the whole scene where there's the Michael Myers mask and that there's the music that sounds eerily enough like the Halloween um, music. Um, of course, they, I don't think they had the rights to it, so they had to come up with something that sounds sounds very similar to that and they're really good about doing that they did that uh if you go back to season two they did that with uh dart and when he flopped off the table when he was in the uh av room with the kids um we had this whole gremlins like music going on there so they're really good about doing a lot of a lot of that and just you know these are just some of the things that i really um thought worked well and then there's the rv heist you know we uh, you know of course we, we we we've already got enough uh action comedy uh drama you know like i said character development wonderfully written characters and of course we had to throw in a heist and this was one of my favorite uh scenes as well I, you know what the whole thing i just love the whole thing everything is my favorite you know, right? <laughs> I, of course i know we all probably think the same way right but it's it's um it was a great scene it was really funny there was uh a little bit of uh, comedic tone to it, where Dustin's a very in the back, in the very back of the RV, saying "Drive." Of course, this is something that uh, Hopper said to Joyce. Uh, you know, it's like the, it's just repeated, and these, you know, these these beats are just so funny. But then we have uh, Doctor Brenner talking about uh, Henry Vecna growing in strength, and not just uh, not just killing but consuming and that Eleven isn't quite ready to do battle with Vecna quite yet. And if I, if I, you know, if I look forward in the series, already knowing what has happened, I would think that Dr. Brenner was probably right, but he was wrong all in the same, uh, in the same breath because, you know, had it not been for Mike, Right? Had it not been for for Mike or Murray doing what he did in the uh, in the jail, uh, pretty much killing the uh, the Demogorgons there, and then uh, Nancy and their whole group doing what they did up in the uh, Creel House attic, a lot of this wouldn't have turned out, and it wouldn't have turned out. But that's the one thing I I love about this whole show is itself is that there is this collective uh joint effort from everyone uh piecing everything together working together and it didn't even matter if they were spread out all over the world they worked together they did some of the greatest uh things that um that i think uh has been done for any television show series um in quite some time and then there's Steve talking to Nancy about his RV dreams and having six, uh, six nuggets in an RV and going on this grand vacation and then them just talking and there's just this quiet moment amongst everyone. This is just so well the way it's uh, the way it's laid out, the way it's you know the, the uh, cinematography here is just so great. Just the facial expressions, just these. You know, lingering looks, sometimes not saying much of anything, and so much is said without saying anything. And that's what that's you know, one of the things that makes these moments so great. It's just that these, you know, between uh, Nancy looking at Steve and just seeing that, hmm, there's this slight change, there's, there's this difference in him, uh, in, in his character. And when I say character, I mean just, you know, the character of the person. Uh, not necessarily, you know, who, uh, uh, you know, um, Joe McCurry is, is playing. It, it, it's just, you know, he has changed as a person. He's really grown uh, since season one, as we can see, you know, because he went from being, you know, basically a playboy slash bully 
to being the uh, full-on babysitter, which of course we get a little bit of that uh, even in uh, this season um, here and there sporadically. And then he goes to full-on uh, mature character uh, and all, on just all of the development that has happened with with uh, with him. But he is he is just really grown, and unfortunately, I think you know. I'm not going to say um, what I think is going to happen to him, but, you know, people, of course, are always saying he's going to die, he's going to die, he's going to die, but I don't know. I think there's something else for him uh, that's going to happen, but when I get to that bridge, I'll, uh, I'll cross it later on. And then you have Lucas and Max's plans of misadventure, right? This is something, you know, and, you know, Lucas has this huge, big, you know, grandiose plan, which I don't really think is going to work because it's so detailed. It's going to be so time-consuming, and Max just points that out from the very beginning when they're having their conversation in the back of the RV, and that's just, oh, that's just, just them sitting there just talking and just sometimes just being silent and not saying much of anything, and all these, all of these, uh, all of these moments are just so well-deserved because there's so much going on at other times where we don't really even get enough time to to really even think about, you know, much of what's going on. I mean, we even look at the just the sporadic uh, uh, craziness of everything that was going on in the very beginning of this episode, right? I mean, they're, they're all, you know, Nancy's under... Vecna's curse and you know Steve is worrying that she's about to lift up and she's about to die and then we get this whole uh everyone's going around looking for music and Robin she's just so hilarious in these moments because she's just freaking out because she you know she's having basically a uh mini panic panic attack between uh uh, everything that's going on and you know you know they're, they're looking for music music and Eddie's like this is music and it just everything is going on so to have these quiet moments of just seeing the inside the psyche of each and every one of these characters and in this moment we have Lucas and Max and I just love the way they're pairing off everyone and they're having all of their moments and we just really see what they're all about and you know you know and Max goes back to saying, oh, that's uh, presumptuous of you, and, you know, Lucas is like, you know, he, you know, he gets a smile on his face, and uh, it's just so, it's so fun to see them playing off of, uh, off of one another, and then we get, go back to uh, Russia, and we get Yuri's helicopter and Dimitri's call. And this is a really big moment because we, we get this point where we think, because uh, Hopper, Joyce, uh, Murray, and uh, Dimitri and, and Yuri are really working together. And Yuri is, you know, he's of course this this uh, character. He's, he's, he's this larger than life character that's a little bit off hinged and, you know, and I don't know what's going to happen to him, but <laughs> I would like to see his character stay around just a little bit, you know, to be kind of like, almost like, you know, he's almost, I, almost like the character of, uh, of, um, I can't remember his name, but he was from Independence Day and he was the one that was drinking heavily, but he was, he was basically spraying the, uh, crops and Independence Day, but he reminded me of that character uh, so much, or he reminds me of that character so much, and I, I think that's um, something that can be really played up well. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's all I have for this part of the episode, and I will be back for volume two. I'll see you guys in the upside down.
Yes. Please tell me this is another poor joke. You said you had a plane. A plane. No, no, no. I, I told you I could fly you home. And Katinka can fly you home, little bird. She was named Katinka after my first lover. <laughs> Katinka also had very beautiful, very round buttocks. Much like this. This cannot fly us to America. Why not? As long as winds are not too strong and your military friends do not shoot us out of sky, we can make it to the coast. There, while we refuel, we skin deep in ice cold water and wash off this muck. Then we fly her rest of the way. Happy ending. Okay, what is the furthest Katinka has ever flown? For me, she is still a virgin. <laughs> Not real Katinka, godness, no. <laughs> that Katinka, no. But this Katinka, pretty much unspoiled. But I'm sure she will soar when given a chance. She just need a little tune-up. I did warn you, Jim. Okay. Should I shoot him now or later? What about Owens? He, he's got to have contacts or spies here that could help us. Can we do that? We make a call to the States. What are you doing? How exactly do you think this works? They will make the call for us, and then they will call us back. How long is that going to take? Five minutes, five hours, five days, who knows? And when we do get the call, assume the KGB will be on the other line, listening to everything you say, so... I suggest talking in code. Say the wrong thing. And they will be on us like flies on shit. Welcome to the Soviet Union. <laughs> <laughs> 